Here we are, friends, standing on the precipice of a new 18-month cycle. So if you've been listening to the Yogi Scopes podcast, you've heard me talking about that this for probably a month now, if not longer. If you're brand new, welcome. We're going to talk today about the new moon solar eclipse that is happening this weekend on Saturday, October 14th in Sidereal Virgo. So We'll talk about everything, what it means, what to do, your yoga practices and journal prompts, because that's what a yogi scope is, is how to sort of embody the astrological weather and bring it down to earth in your life through your yoga practice and some journal prompts that will hopefully get you thinking about how these subtle energies are showing up in your life. So just a quick caveat, if you're brand new, we use the sidereal zodiac. I have... I try not to like give this whole spiel every time because it feels redundant for the people that are not new, but um, I still get like comments now that I'm posting my stuff on YouTube. People are like trying to correct me and say, no, it's in whatever the Western tropical sign it is. And I always like forget it's, you know, it's like whatever. Libra, I guess, is where the Western folks are are saying this eclipse is, and that is, so neither system is wrong, is what I want to, like, communicate, is that neither of us are wrong. I'm not wrong, you're not wrong. If you prefer to use the tropical zodiac, then fine, then it's in tropical Libra or whatever. But in Vedic astrology, we use the sidereal zodiac because... Um, and isn't it funny that this is an eclipse in, in Virgo and it's the time that I'm feeling like I need to be pedantic about this, which is a big word. I didn't know what it meant until I was called it some years ago, probably a decade ago, but, um, being like overly analytical and overly precise and overly specific. So that's, that's the deal. The sidereal, uh, that's what pedantic means. The sidereal, and it might be a Virgo quality FYI. So the sidereal zodiac that Vedic astrology uses is more astronomically accurate. I have a whole blog post about it. You can go to yogiscopes.com and yogiscopes, sorry, excuse me, yogiscopes.com and just click on articles at the top and you'll find it. It's an article called What is Vedic Astrology? Or you can, and in that article, I linked a podcast episode. I'm pretty sure it's episode 11 of the Science of Light, my other podcast, um, where I talked with uh, somebody who has a master's degree in astronomy about this, about these zodiacs and and stuff. So if you want to get more into the weeds about it, you can go check out those resources. An eclipse in Virgo might be a good time to get into the nitty gritty of the details about the differences, but I also like want to bring that up because maybe you use the tropical zodiac because you like it better and that's fine, but maybe you use the tropical zodiac because if you're in a western country like the U.S., Canada, um, also Australia and New Zealand, lots of Europe, you may have never heard that there were, somebody just emailed me yesterday and said, I never heard that there were different zodiacs. I never knew that. So maybe you're using the tropical zodiac because you just didn't know that there was another thing. So um, yeah, this might be a good time to learn about the other thing. So if you like using the tropical zodiac because you like using it, this is probably not the podcast for you. If you like using the tropical zodiac because you've never heard of the sidereal zodiac, stick around. And if you're not new and you're already sold on Vedic astrology and the sidereal zodiac, sorry for wasting (laughs) two minutes of your time. Um, Anyways, a quick housekeeping announcement. 
Um, oh, I didn't say this yet. Welcome to the Yogi Scopes podcast. I'm your host, Rosemary Holbrook. And so if you're new or not new, I'm very glad that you're here. And with that, I put out every so often a listener survey because I want to, um, you know, I'm really grateful that y'all spend so much time listening to me. Like I know what that I listen to podcasts and I end up feeling like I've spent so much time with that person and in my ear that I feel like we're friends. But the thing is, as a podcaster, um, I don't hear from y'all nearly as much as you hear from me, especially because I'm not very active on social media, which I'm trying to change. I'm trying to like Instagram, but I just don't like Instagram y'all, but I'm trying, I'm trying to be there. But if you want to connect, um, my personal Facebook profile is probably a better place. I'm way more active there, but that's not the point. The point is I put out a listener survey. I sent it out If you're on my email list, I already sent you an email, so that would be an easy way to just go in your email and find the survey. Email is the most recent one. I sent it on Tuesday uh, of this week, but I will also link it in the show notes. It's just a Google form, and I just want to hear more from y'all. I want to know about y'all. I want to know about what, how I could serve you better. I want to know about you, and so part of the survey is just like, you know, tell me about you in the form of short little questions, and then... There's an incentive to filling out the survey. It should take five to 10, maybe 15 minutes of your time if you're really long-winded like I am, um, which is fine. I celebrate it if you are long-winded. If you want to put short answers, that's also fine. But um, it shouldn't take very long. But for doing it, I'm going to offer everybody that fills it out and includes their email address. So it's not required. It's a question at the end. You don't have to put your email address if you want to remain anonymous. But if you do put your email address, on next Friday, October 20th, I will email you a link to sign up for a two-week trial for the membership, which is just in time for um, on October 22nd, which is a Sunday, we're having a event for the eclipses, for Rahu and Ketu moving into new signs. Um, the event is called something like Stepping Into new cycles or navigating new cycles. I can't even remember what I titled it, but it's, it's a a members only event and it is to, um, have some guided yoga practice and journaling practice and time to just connect and share around, um, this big change that we're undergoing right now with the eclipses and with Rahu and K2 moving signs. Um, and so it's an event for that. It'll be a yoga practice and guided journaling practice because, um, And you'll also get some time, like it's a Zoom, or it's not on Zoom, but it's like a Zoom meeting, um, virtual meeting, where you can ask me questions about your chart and how it might be playing out for you specifically. Think mini reading style um, and just be nourished and do a practice uh, together for these eclipses. It's right in smack in the middle between the two eclipses. Perfect time for it and to set yourself up for most intentional success. So if you complete the survey, you can get a free trial to the membership, which I have never before offered. Never do I give free trials because also you you get a bunch of immediate downloads that I'm like, I don't want people to just sign up for the trial and like download the shit and leave, you know, so that's a thing. But um, also I'm working on the 2024 planner this weekend and it will get released to the members as soon as I'm done with it. So that might even be before, um, before the trial even goes out. So fill out the survey, you will get a free trial and three of the respondents with the most thoughtful answers get, um, will get a reading with me because I, it'll be a 90 minute session where the first 20, 30 minutes I will ask you about 
you know, your answers to the survey because I'm just trying to understand how I can serve y'all better. And then the last hour to hour and 10, 15 minutes, we will just dive completely into your chart free reading um, for filling out this survey. It's really important. So please do it. And that's a very Virgo thing of me to do. So let's talk about what a new moon solar eclipse in Virgo means. I'm not a Virgo, by the way. I don't have any placements in Virgo in my chart, but um, the the Virgo energy is getting ready to be a little bit higher because we have K2 moving to Virgo at the end of the month, which I talked about on its own separate episode um, a couple weeks ago. You can go back and look for that one, but um, that's getting ready to heighten the Virgo energy. And this new moon solar eclipse is basically the doorway, the entrance into that. So let's talk about how you can set yourself up for the most intentional success over that next 18 month cycle, beginning with this eclipse. So that was a little bit more long-winded housekeeping portion than I usually do, but here we are. The eclipse is happening on Saturday, October 14th, which is like two days from now as I'm recording this, at 1.55 p.m. Eastern Time. And so here's the thing. It's happening in Virgo. K2, so you may know this, you may not know this if you're new. Rahu and K2 are responsible for eclipses. They are shadow planets that are, they're not like real physical objects in space, but they are mathematical points in space that we track the movement of these mathematical points throughout the year. Um, and, and so that's what I've been talking about. Rahu's moving to Pisces. K2 is moving to Virgo, um, where they will spend the next year and a half. But the only time they really, um, I mean, I think I fully wholeheartedly believe that like we see the effects of Rahu and K2 in charts in transit because that's what honestly when people come to readings with me and they're like struggling with something all like 80% of the time Rahu and K2 are related to whatever people are like presenting t to me in a reading with like this is what I need help with um it's like almost always related to Rahu and K2 so even though they're not physical bodies in space, I do like wholeheartedly believe in their movements and like what it means in our lives. Um, but at eclipses, they're, they're considered eclipse points. Like they're the mathematical points in space where um, basically the shadow of either the sun on, or sorry, earth on the moon at a new moon, which is what happens, um, or sorry, at a full moon, which is what happens at a lunar eclipse or the shadow of the moon on the sun at a solar eclipse, which is what's happening now. So let's sort of talk about the astronomy of a solar eclipse because FYI, if you didn't know how we get the meaning of anything in astrology is a mix of the actual astronomy and sort of the patterns and movements of the planets. And then also these sort of like mythological archetypes that were um, shared by the seers, the rishis, that passed down Vedic astrology a very long time ago before it was ever written down. These were people that were just sitting around paying a whole heck of a lot of attention, a lot more attention than anybody pays to anything ever these days, um, and sort of just making up stories to try and make this stuff feel useful in people's lives. So that's that's where we get the meaning from astrology is based on those things. And so these at a the astronomy of an eclipse, what's happening is the of a solar eclipse is 
it's a new moon. And, and as I tell you at every new moon, a new moon is where the moon and sun are on the same side as earth. And so the moon and sun don't, um, go on the exact same line, like from our viewpoint in the, in the sky, they, so that's why even when they're at the same degree, which makes a new moon, when they're at the same degree from our viewpoint, that's what constitutes the peak of the new moon. When I'm telling you the new moon's happening at this time, that's when the moon and the sun are at the same degree from our perspective on earth. And so at a solar eclipse, new moon, the moon and sun are on the same, you know, side of earth in the same sign, if you will, in the same astrological sign. Um, but in an astronomical viewpoint, they're at the same degree and then they're at the same sort of like level in the sky, if that makes sense. Um, so that the moon is blocking literally from our view, like with our eyeballs, the moon is blocking the sun and it makes that nice little ring around, you know, you've seen an eclipse before a solar eclipse. And so the moon comes to like the exact same point in the sky as the sun. And that's a solar eclipse. That's a new moon solar eclipse. They are both in the sign of Virgo. And, um, then also at a solar eclipse, the astrology side of it is the moon represents our, our mind. So the moon and Mercury in astrology are both the mind to a degree. The moon is more like, um, I just was talking to somebody this, about this yesterday. I don't really know is right brain is like the creative side, right? And left brain is like the, the logical side, whatever they're, they're like that right brain, left brain, the moon and Mercury, the moon is like the creative, um, intuitive, uh, maybe less organized side. And Mercury is like the logical thinking reasoning. And so the moon and Mercury together make this like left brain, right brain, um, archetype sort of thing. And so they're both involved in this eclipse because Virgo is ruled, um, by Mercury. And it's also Mercury's mole tracone sign. And Mercury is there in Virgo with the sun and the moon at this eclipse, which is typical by the way, like the, the sun and Mercury largely move together. So when, that's why when people talk about Mercury being combust, I'm like, eh, okay, like, Mercury spends a lot of the time being combust, which means being close to the sun. So it's like not that big of a deal. Um, but I do think Mercury being combust, it, it's just really common. Mercury being combust kind of gives results similar to Mercury retrograde. And actually the like worst times of Mercury retrograde are when Mercury is combust. So just kind of like tech challenges, traffic delays, these kind of things. Um, it's not that big of a deal. Like, it's just a thing to deal with in life. It's not something to get all in a tizzy over. So I guess that's what I'm trying to communicate is that Mercury is frequently combust. It will be combust at this eclipse. Um, and it's not unusual for Mercury to be with a, a with the sun and moon at a new moon. It's, it's common. And so, but also what's a little bit different about this eclipse is that it's in Virgo which is ruled by Mercury. So that's why I'm, I'm just trying to communicate that Mercury is playing a big role here. Um, but it's also not like, that's not, um, unusual that Mercury is involved. And so it's just a little bit extra poignant because the sign where it's happening is ruled by Mercury, if that makes sense. So we have this sort of dynamic 
going on at this eclipse between the right brain, left brain, intuitive mind, creative mind, and logical reasoning mind. So that's kind of being brought up. But then also at an eclipse, so that's the moon and Mercury. The other big player, there's our big players, I should say, are Sun, Mars, and K2. And so let's talk about the Sun first. The Sun at any um, new moon in general is so at an eclipse. It's the moon is blocking out the Sun, like in the sky, astronomy, like that is what's happening. And in astrology, the Sun is the soul. It's also so in Vedic astrology. The sun is more approached as like the soul, sort of like your higher, um, like ahamkara. If you're familiar with that term in yoga, your soul that's also sort of informed by your ego a little bit, like your personhood, like your what your dharma, like what makes you you in this life. And in Western astrology, the sun is approached more as um, how we approach the rising sign in Vedic astrology as like your personality, like how you show up in the world. So that's one kind of difference between the two systems. But um, in Vedic astrology, the sun is known as the Atmakarika, your soul's planet, like for everybody. And I hope that's not confusing because Atmakarika also means something else. But the the sun is the Atmakarika for everybody in general. It's the soul's planet. And so what's happening at a solar eclipse is the moon, the mind, and um, the intuitive mind, the emotional mind, is blocking out the sort of like soul's expression, if you will. So in general, a new moon and especially a solar eclipse new moon is a a time to um, lay low and not be really outwardly expressive and be more in tune, in touch with that emotional mind and how perhaps your emotional mind is directing your outward expression like is it getting in the way of that outward expression is is there stuff going on in your sort of emotional mind um that affects your outward expression is it in general a good thing to consider at an eclipse and then at this eclipse especially so then also like k2 is involved as you may know as i've been talking about k2 is archetypally a body without a head So K2 is sort of like the epitome of embodiment and embodiment in the sense that um, like this sort of intuitive knowing, this like where you experience emotions in your body, that sort of archetype is being brought up at this eclipse or at eclipses in general too. And so what's happening at this eclipse that makes it a little extra special too is that K2 hasn't moved yet. K2 is in Libra. But the sun and the moon will be in Virgo, in the sign of Virgo at the time of the new moon. So that's why we say it's in Virgo, but K2 is still in Libra. And, but the thing is, they're within degrees of each other. So the eclipse is, oops, sorry. I've been forgetting to put my stuff on Do Not Disturb lately. Whatever. Um, so the eclipse, the sun and the moon will be at 26 degrees and 56 minutes of Virgo, which means they're in the last like four degrees. There's 30 degrees to a sign and K2 is at zero degrees and 50 minutes of Libra. So these things are like four degrees away from each other in the sign, in the the sky, if you were to look at through a telescope or at the night sky. Um, But they're technically in different signs. But in Vedic astrology, we have um, nakshatras 
and they are all within the same nakshatra lunar mansion and nakshatras matter a little bit more for things that, that are happening with the moon there's mythology behind that um, i've done enough rambling about other stuff on this podcast episode so i'm not going to go into it i do have an article about nakshatras as well on my blog if you go to yogiscopes.com slash blog or just go to yogiscopes.com and click articles you'll find it um, like how to kind of approach using nakshatras in your astrology study and practice in your life. Anyway, they're in the same nakshatra, lunar mansion, which is Chitra. And Chitra, the nakshatra, bridges over Libra and Virgo. It, it, it's in both signs. And so we see this frequently when we're at the, the final or beginning eclipses around the time Rahu and Ketu change signs. And so that happens every 18 months. So basically every three, every year and a half, every three sets of eclipses, because there's two sets of two eclipses every single year. That's how it works. Um, so every th third one, we're near a time when Rahu and Ketu change signs. So frequently, one of those eclipses will be happening where the sun and moon or whatever are in the same nakshatra but a different sign so basically how that works out like what you need to know about that how that plays out in your life is that it's really like we're walking through the doorway and you can think of it as like a really big doorway so the way anything in astrology works is it's not like you're gonna wake up on saturday or sunday because the eclipse is happening at like two in the afternoon depending on your time zone um you know, you're not going to wake up this weekend and your whole life is going to be different. You might wake up and feel different, but the way it works with any of this stuff is this is a slow burn change that's trickling in right now. And you're either being intentional about that, which if you're here listening to an astrology podcast, odds are you're being intentional about that and you're consuming these resources and trying to do the things to be intentional about the subtle energies that you're experiencing in life. Or I see lots of people in my life that I know that are like not into astrology and they're not being intentional about it. And so things are getting harder. Like the universe is kind of slapping them in the face. Like I've been trying to make you learn this lesson. Right. Um, and so to a degree, like that happens to even those of us that are being intentional and being very spiritual and whatever. Um, but now is like things are heating up. Like we are in the midst of this transition between um, what I've been talking about, Rahu and Ketu on the Aries and Libra axis, moving to the Pisces and Virgo axis. So you can go back and listen to that podcast episode about Rahu and Ketu changing signs, but just know that this eclipse is the beginning of a new cycle of this new 18 month cycle and things are really heating up now. So this eclipse is time to be intentional about it. So let's talk about how you can do that, right? So I've, ar I've already explained how the moon and Mercury are sort of at play with this right brain, left brain balance thing. Um, and K2 bringing the embodiment piece. And then so Mars, this isn't always true, um, frequently is, but Mars is with K2 in Libra right now. And so that's the sort of other big player happening with this eclipse. And because Mars is in uh, Libra with K2, actually very close to, well, Mars is in Swati. So Mars has moved on at the time of the eclipse. So Mars is in another nakshatra, but still only about six, seven degrees away from K2. So um, basically that's just serving to heat things up even more. 
And so when Mars moved to K or to Libra with K2 earlier this month, it was like the second or third, fifth, something like that. It was like a week ago. Um, and so FYI, this is why I make the planner because even I don't keep all of this stuff in my head. Why would you let all this stuff rent space in your head when you can just look it up? Right? So that's why I make the planner FYI. Um, because it's better to just have it written down or you can refer back to it when you need it rather than just try to memorize all this stuff. So Mars has been there heating things up since last week and will continue to heat things up for the rest of the month until Rahu and K2 move away from K2 will move to Virgo from Libra. And so what all of those things are like putting together to mean to like how it plays out in your life is that we have this um, heightened energy around the masculine feminine balance because that's um, coming up a lot with Libra with Mars being in a Venus ruled sign, right? And then um, Libra is a sign of like balance and stuff. And then Virgo is all about like embodied wellness and Virgo being an earth sign ruled by Mercury. Virgo is all about um, like embodied wellness, your daily habits and how those lead or detract from lead to or detract from your embodied wellness. Like your habits determine your wellness. Like your, your habits are either making you better or they're making you sicker. Right. Um, and I, I personally wholeheartedly believe that, that you're like the, you're the culmination of your habits, right? And so Virgo has a lot to do with that. That's a lot of what Virgo like sort of stands for. But then there's also this sort of quality to Virgo as a sign that's like, um, because of being an earth sign ruled by Mercury, that's very analytical, very um, principled, very like, these are my principles and these are my standards and very like firmly rooted in those things, which is a good thing. But on the sort of downside with Virgo is that um, Virgo can be a little bit like pedantic, like I was saying. And this is, I have to qualify that because I uh, was called that like 10 years ago. And it was totally an example of projection. Like maybe I like, I am a little bit nitpicky and that's like a thing that I've had to work through in my life of of being less so less attached to like things being a certain way um but in the case where somebody called me that it was like this person was way worse about it than me um but anyway I didn't know what it meant I had to look it up after this I was like pedantic like I could tell it was an insult but so I looked it up and it basically means like um being so particular that it's like annoying, right? And so that's kind of the, the potential shadow side of Virgo, right? And so we'll talk about, uh, that's actually the journal prompts I have for you are meant to sort of help with that, to examine where you fall on that and um, decide, are you pedantic? Or could you maybe raise your um, standards a little bit higher for yourself? Or you know what I mean? Like the journal prompt will help. And so Chitra being a nakshatra, that bridges over Libra and Virgo. Um, it's actually the brightest star in the constellation of Virgo. It's one star. Sometimes lunar mansions or nakshatras are like three to five stars. This one's just one. And so it's the brightest star. And it so Chitra translates to the brilliant, which is also like a quality of Virgo. This like being smart, being 
very analytical and just like smart. A quality of Mercury is wittiness, right? So like just being smart, like smart as a whip kind of thing. And so Chitra is the brilliant. And because it incorporates these qualities of Libra and Virgo, which is sort of the, the shift we're experiencing right now from Libra to Virgo in a big way with K2 moving from Libra to Virgo. Um, Chitra incorporates both of those qualities. And so when you combine the sort of Venus rule, like artsy, um, relationship oriented qualities of Libra with the more earthy, like particular, um, qualities of Virgo, you get these qualities that are, think of like an architect. So in fact, the ruling deity of Chitra is Vishvakarma, which is the celestial architect. And so if you think about architecture, it's kind of like engineering plus art. So they have to, architects as a profession have to be very particular, like Virgo qualities, these Mercury particular um, organized qualities of engineering of Virgo mixed with art. So there's like designers where it's just art. They're just artistic. Right. And then there's engineers where they're like, this is just super functional. And then there's architects that are like, they're concerned with function and form. They want it to be beautiful and practical. Right. And so that is Chitra. Like those are the qualities of Chitra where this new moon is happening. So that brings an overall energy of this, this, um, new moon eclipse of like considering what is the function and form of your life? Is your life super practical right now? You know, is it practical and is it beautiful, right? Can you bridge the gap between those two things between Libra and Virgo? Is it beautiful? Is it functional? Is it practical? And, um, can you sort of temper the Virgo side of perfectionism? Can you lean a little bit more into the Venus rule Libra side of like, um, just letting things be beautiful and nice and, and good feel good over the maybe pedantic perfectionist Virgo side. Can you incorporate those things in an embodied way at this new moon? And can you consider over the next 18 month cycle, how you're going to work with that in your life? That's basically what this new moon eclipse is about. So just to recap, the overall energies are a, perhaps an intensity in relationships with Mars there in Libra with K2. Um, and, oh, I forgot to even mention this, this nakshatra Chitra is ruled by Mars. So that's why the, these Mars, K2, Moon and Mercury and the Sun to a degree, but, but those things are all like the biggest players. So if I could just give you a list of keywords for that, Mars is like passion and motivation. K2 is like spiritual embodiment. Moon is like the intuitive emotional mind and Mercury is like the practical logical mind. And so can you sort of integrate all of those things in a K2 like way, in a spiritually embodied way at this eclipse and set your intentions to do so for the next 18 month cycle basically is like what it boils down to. And so hopefully the yoga practices will help with that and the journal prompts. So can you sort of temper 
that desire for perfection, right? Um, oh, and also this eclipse is with the architect. It's like there is this, what, what do architects do but build like dream homes, right? So can you make your life like your dream home? There is a big energy around this eclipse with um, creating and manifesting new things, basically. And so can you be discerning like Virgo and Mercury? Can you be logical and practical while also being intuitive and embodied? And can you merge those things into a spark to make your dream life, to build your dream home in your life, to make your existence a dream home for your soul, basically, right? So that's like what this eclipse is about. And hopefully the journal prompts will help. We'll get there in just a second. The yoga practices are core strengthening. So Virgo is like the lower um, abdomen in the body. Like that's the body part it rules over. So you want to think about like lower abs, not quite pelvis, second chakra, not quite third chakra. It's like lower. It's like core strengthening. Can you do core strengthening work? Um, and so how we explore that in our yoga practice this week, what we were working with was balancing poses because balance is a big overall theme of October in general, as I talked about on the October um, podcast episode, but balancing poses, thinking about instead of like your legs and your feet, thinking about your core engagement and how the, specifically the dynamic between your hip flexors and your glutes work to balance your pelvis to, so think hip flexors, glute, core engagement, and how that stuff contributes to you being a functional human being in your daily life. Like how to, you know, how does the, um, the form, the function and form of those muscles play out to your stability and, balance and body mechanics and lack of low back pain hopefully in your daily life that's what we explored in our practice this week that's what you could work um into your practice um and if you need ideas ask me you know and hopefully I'll I'm gonna try to share the practice on YouTube but I've just been I've been undergoing big changes in my life with like how my recording schedule works. I got this new cool building and the internet doesn't reach down there. So I can't record from there. And so it's just, that's in the works for me to figure that stuff out. It's in the works. Um, and then I'll be able to offer some more times for y'all to join me for these Yogi Scopes Flow classes. And then so one more yoga practice I like to offer. I am not a fan of affirmations. Personally, I did a whole episode on the science of light about it a long time ago. I don't even remember um, what it was called or what number it was, but it was something, the title was something to the effect of like, make your body believe your positive affirmations because I just, positive affirmations are like not very embodied. Like, I think you need to embody something before you can make your brain believe it. I think I just, I think positive affirmations have never worked for me except for this one. This is one that I like because the, so here's the affirmation. I am the embodiment of wellness. And that's a very, that's a perfect affirmation for K2 and Virgo. That's like K2 and Virgo, how over the next 18 months can you be the embodiment of wellness? And so if you say that affirmation to yourself and then you like are doing something that's not very embodiment of wellness of you, you know, you might think twice kind of thing. Um, and so what that also plays out to mean is that sometimes the embodiment of wellness is eating the dang cookie, 
and not being so strict on yourself or whatever. You know what I mean? So just sit with that. Think about it. Maybe go find that episode on the science of light if you want to hear what I'm more about what I mean about the positive affirmation thing. And then here are your journal prompts. So number one, what are you manifesting in your life? What spiritual truth can you ground down into reality into your daily life through habits? So think about manifesting from this, like, what is your spiritual path? And how can you bring that into your daily life through habits over the next 18 months, really, is what we're setting intentions about at this eclipse. And then number two journal prompt is how left brain, right brain integrated are you? Could you incorporate, uh, how could you incorporate tasks that challenge and grow both parts during this next 18 months? So that's what um, this eclipse cycle is kicking off for the next 18 months. And so I often hear people, they're like, well, I'm a logical person. No, I'm a creative person. And they're just like enforcing that for themselves. And I'd encourage you over this next 18 months to think about how you can integrate both things. That's going to be the move for the next 18 months, honestly. And so think about it right now is how could you incorporate tasks into your daily life that challenge and grow both your organization and analytical and practical skills and also your intuitive, um, emotional intelligence, if you will, like to be a balanced human, we should have both. Right. And then lastly, how are you with setting goals and standards for yourself? Are you always setting the bar too high and then beating yourself up, being overly critical of yourself or maybe others, but mostly yourself is what we're considering in the journal prompt. Um, and that, or do you fall to the other end where you kind of stay well within your comfort zone for fear of failure or maybe for fear of success? So can you set reasonable standards for yourself and uphold these principles is a very Virgo thing now and for the next 18 months. So all that said, I hope you will join us for the Eclipse practice on October 22nd, Sunday, October 22nd. I think it's at 11 a.m. It could be 10 a.m. We'll just say 11 a.m. And if it says 10 a.m. in the membership thing, I'm, I'm going to change it right now. Um, so 11 a.m. Eastern time, Sunday, October 22nd, we can come together and do a practice and talk specifically about how to set these intentions um, in more depth for the next 18 month cycle. And all you have to do to get in literally for free is fill out the survey. Take a few minutes of your time, go to the show notes, fill out the survey right now. And you have to add your email address. I can't send you the link if you don't put your email address, but you can fill it out anonymously if you want to, if you want to join us. And then three of those respondents that put nice and thoughtful answers. If there's a ton of thoughtful answers, I'll have to just do a drawing between the ones that I want to um, hear more about basically it and you will get a reading with me in exchange for talking more about your answers for a few minutes. So thanks for being here. Happy eclipse season. Uh, I hope you join us for the practice. All you have to do is fill out the survey and please remember to keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars and stay in the light until next time, friends. Take care. <laughs>